So I am going to pray and invite you to pray with me uh, before we go to God's word here. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together today. I pray that you would guide what I share, what I say, and I pray that my words would only be in agreement with what you have revealed to us. Lord, teach us right now. I pray that we would come with open hearts, and I pray that we would receive that which you speak to us. Um, May what I share be given also by your Spirit's power, connecting to our hearts. You, Lord, do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to introduce a new three-week series called Am I Available? So today, next week, the week after that, we'll be answering this question, Am I Available? It's my question for you this morning, as it will be for the next couple weeks. Are you available? You're hesitant to say yes or no, aren't you? Because if we want to give answer to, am I available? Don't we want to know what we're making ourselves available for? That would be the logical question. What are you asking me to do? What are you asking me to be available for? And if you're asking that question, that is a good question. So this last week, I I went on the internet and I just thought, I'm just going to simply go to Google and just type in the search bar, am I available? And as I typed in those words, am I available? You may or may not realize this, but as you do that in Google, there will be a bunch of options that will spring up because Google believes that they can determine maybe what you're searching for. And so as I just simply typed in Google search, am I available? I wanted to see what kind of things Google might think I am trying to make myself available for. Are you with me? I hope you're with me. It, it, the, the very first four or five options it said, am I available? It wanted to complete my my search by saying, am I available for an upgrade on my iPhone or for my Verizon account or for my Sprint account? Those were the very first four was, am I available for an upgrade having to do with my phone? That was where it took me first. Next one up, am I available for food stamps? I need to know if I'm available for food stamps. Next one up, am I available for an interview? Followed by, am I available for a phone call? Am I available for a meeting? And the last one I saw on there as I typed in in Google, am I available? It said, am I available anytime? Now, I like that. But I'm asking myself, why would I go onto Google to ask if I am available anytime? What's Google thinking there? Why would they ask that? Am I available anytime? The next three weeks, I want you to wrestle with this question. Am I available? But I want you to think specifically about answering it this way. Am I available for God to use me however he chooses. Am I available for God to use me however 
He chooses. It's a simple question, isn't it? It's not so simple to give an answer. I want us to wrestle with that. I want us to be wrestling with that. Am I available for God to use me however he chooses? When Kelsey was in high school, she grew up in Silverton, not far from here. She attended Silverton Union High School. She was a good student, a four-point student, like almost there, maybe a 3.998, I don't know, something like that, right, right, right around there, all right? Well, um, she applied to go to what is now called Multnomah University. Back then, it was called Multnomah Bible College. She, was, she had a math teacher at her school that she did really well with. Like She was really good in math. Um, and and this, this math teacher, because that, and by the way, her brother was also, who was older, really good at math. Her brother was the teacher's teaching assistant. And so then Kelsey came up, and she was really good with math. And so the, the teacher naturally went to her and said, I want you to be my teacher teaching assistant. And then her sister was also good at math and, and also became his teaching assistant. All right. Well, this teacher was Kelsey believes an atheist. And when the teacher heard that Kelsey had applied to go to Multnomah Bible College, his words to her were, why? Why are you going? You have so much potential. Why would you waste your life away by going to Multnomah Bible College? Why would you go to a Bible school? Now, let's be honest. If you don't know the Lord, that would be a logical question. Her brother, all of her family has gone to Oregon State. Okay, so it just simply kind of made sense that you're going to do as your family has done and you're going to go to Oregon State. You have a sharp mind. You are able to succeed on an academic level and in this world. So then from the world standpoint, why would you go to Multnomah Bible College? That that seems kind of silly. And I really believe that is how our society would operate That's how they think. And I really don't fault them for that. Because if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, why are you going to think any other way? You're just not going to think any other way. Today, I want you to think with me. Am I available for God to use however He chooses. This is not just a message for those who are younger. This is a message for all ages. Because we could be sitting here today and be 80 or older and still be having to answer this question, God, am I available? Why? Because just because... God has called me at one time to do something doesn't mean that he is done with me. I could be 80 and God is still saying, I'm still asking you the same question I asked you when you were 16. Are you available? Are you available for me, God, to use how he wants to use us? 
want us to answer that. I want us to wrestle with this. To do this, I want to lay some foundational truth this morning. Take your Bible. Turn to the book called 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to look at two verses here. If you do not have a Bible, you're welcome to turn. In your, there's a pew um, Bible, pew rack Bible in front of you. You're welcome to use that. You can follow along. Or if it's easier, you're welcome to just simply listen. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I do enjoy it when people are able to kind of look for themselves and see what I'm reading here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. That's, that's it. Stop there. Now, now, first thing, I want to recognize the context. The context here is, my NIV says there's, there's like subtitles. Mine, mine says sexual immorality. That is the context that this is written in. Understand there, there was a lot of sexual issues going on in this church that is being addressed here. This is the context, okay? So I realize that what I'm going to talk to you about today, I'm going to take this out of context a bit, but I really believe that the principle that is being made here is the same. There is the same principle being made here, okay? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? If you and I have a relationship with God which comes through Jesus, then God the Holy Spirit indwells us, lives within us. Now, this is, this is a hard part about growing up in church, if you've grown up in church like I have. We hear this and we stop thinking about it. God, creator and sustainer of all things, by his spirit and dwells me and dwells you. Do you realize that? That his spirit is, is with, is in me, guiding me. Am I aware of that? Do I sense his spirit leading me? Do I see it? Do I hear him speaking? I think even though we can have a background in church, we can grow almost where we suppress the Spirit. We, we stop listening to the Spirit. We, we are not allowing the Spirit to actually lead us. Why? Because I want to lead me. I like to lead me. And I don't allow God, the Spirit, to lead me. God... Creator and sustainer of all, by his spirit indwells me, empowers me, and he, in, he indwells and he empowers you as well if you have a relationship with him. He does this for you. It says that God has given us his Holy Spirit. And then I love the next words that we find here. I'm going to skip ahead here. It are the, it's these words over here. Well, it's not written just like that. It says, you are not your own. 
I am not my own. I do not belong to me. You do not belong to you. Now, if you think about this, God has given his spirit to indwell. When I connect the dots and I understand that God is indwelling me, it begins to help me understand this is probably why I don't belong to me. Because God himself has taken up residence within me. God himself lives in Nathan. God himself lives in Janet. God himself lives in Anita. And on and on, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus, God is indwelling you. But are you listening? Are you listening to the Spirit? He communicates. Oh, he communicates. He communicates. I have been guilty time and time again of not listening to the Spirit. Sometimes even for what I believed was was good reasoning in my religious mindset of excusing what the Spirit was wanting to do in me. I am longing as a follower of Jesus to learn. I must learn how to listen to the voice of the Spirit because He speaks. He is speaking. Am I listening? I am not my own. Turn to one more passage. Flip back a few pages to the book, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter one, verses 18 and 19. First Peter one, verses 18 and 19 say this, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. I'll read verse 21 as well. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Stop there. You have been bought. Not with perishable things. Do you notice what it said there? Not with perishable things like gold and silver. Folks, we're not talking cotton candy. This isn't something that just like fades away. Gold and silver is around for a while. This last week I was looking. I thought, I want to know what happens to gold and silver. And I'm looking into gold and silver. It doesn't, it doesn't corrode or doesn't, sorry, it doesn't decay. Um, it, 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 it will tarnish though. And it, it can, it can like chip away. But, but gold and silver is really around for a long time. 
And yet this, this scripture passage is saying that you are bought with something not as perishable as gold and silver, which is around for a long time. But, but you're not bought with that. You and I are bought with the precious blood of Jesus. That's how I've been bought. Bought with the precious blood of Jesus. That's why I'm not my own. I don't belong to me. Can we be honest? I am not my own. That's hard to hear. I don't like to hear those words. Why? Because I am a Westerner. I like my freedom. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do is my mindset. That's my mantra. And that's yours too. That's how we work. So this, this, this whole thought, I'm not my own, it goes, it flies completely in the face, in, in, in opposition with how I think and how I reason. Of course I'm my own. I tell me what to do. I decide for myself what to do. The idea of someone else telling me what to do, I don't like this. So let me shoot straight with you. All of us are mastered by something or someone. You need to know that. Every one of us in this room is mastered already by something or someone. What are you mastered by? The Bible tells me if I am not mastered by the Lord Jesus himself, then the words that it uses, it says that I am a slave to sin. I only know how to serve sin. That's all I can do. Sin says jump, and I say how high. That's how I work. I've been mastered by sin. And by the way, sin evidences itself in a number of, of various ways. But the Lord Jesus came and with his own blood purchased me so that I could be redeemed, so that I don't have to serve sin, so that you don't have to serve sin. Do you believe that you are not a slave to sin? Try going without it. Good luck. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. When I said yes to Jesus, when I by faith received Christ, he took me out of bondage. He took me out of the bondage that I was in because I was a slave to sin. It's all I could serve. 
A lot of times that sin was, it's basically just self-fulfilling. Sometimes it was just Nathan thinking, how does Nathan want to live? What does Nathan think is right? What does Nathan want to do? That's how it fleshes itself out. That's how it fleshes itself out for you. But Christ has purchased me. By faith in Christ, I have been redeemed. He bought me so that I don't have to serve sin and you don't have to serve sin either. Do I? Yes. There are times where I still go back to old habits, do things that I know I shouldn't do. And God, by his spirit, convicts me and says, Nathan, this is not Christ-like of you. You have been identified with Christ. You were buried with Christ. You are raised to new life with Christ. Live like that change. Live that change out. Christ came and he redeemed me. He redeemed you. We've been given new life. And his spirit indwells us. God has given his spirit to indwell us. And his spirit speaks to us and says, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your life. You're called to do this. I want to give you a brief history of my desired occupations. From ages three to five, I was told that I, see, I, I've been raised in the church. When I talk about having a background in church, fingers are pointing at me. That's me. All right? Week one, when I was a week old, I was in the nursery. All right? That's the rule at our house. You just go to church. You don't go to church if you're on vacation or if you're throwing up. But other than that, you're in church. That's just how it was, all right? And you know what? I'm actually grateful for that. I, I actually am grateful for that now. Back then, I wasn't so grateful for it, okay? Come on! Maybe I want to throw up. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it was, all right? <laughs> all right, but I was in church. And from ages three until five, about then, I was told... Nathan's going to be a pastor. I was told that. Now, I don't remember this because I was three, four, and five. I've been told by other people that I would stand at the front door of the church and I would welcome people and shake their hand. Welcome to church. I was doing that. And that's why all the old ladies would come through and say, oh, isn't he the sweetest thing? He's going to be a pastor. It was prophetic. All right, look what happened. All right, well, then, as I got older, I began to think, I don't want to be a pastor. All my friends were, they, they had other occupations that they wanted. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be a pastor. All right, I never chose, like, another normal occupation. But so around the fourth, fifth grade, I had this desire to actually be Mr. Rogers. Do you know Mr. Rogers? Puppeteer, I wanted to be Mr. Rogers. 
Now, there's actually an incredible movie, and I'm looking forward to coming out in the fall of 2019 about Mr. Rogers. I'm going to go see it. I can hardly wait. Tom Hanks is in it, so I know it's going to be good. All right? Well, I wanted to be Mr. Rogers, but then I got to the point, and I realized that's also not a cool occupation. You don't go telling other boys, I want to be Mr. Rogers, and they say, all right, Nathan, that's a great one. No, you don't do that. Okay, so then um, I quickly moved on, and my desire, I have always loved drawing. I'm a cartoonist. Many of you probably don't know that about me. On my day off, there's a lot of times, it's very therapeutic for me. There's a lot of times where I will seriously lay on the floor, and I will get my drawing pad out, and I will draw cartoons. Because I love to do that. And so the desire that I had when I was younger, me and my brother Justin, we used to always draw Charlie Brown and Snoopy. We had book after book after book full of cartoons from Charles Schultz, the Peanuts comic strip, tons of drawings. And, And they were good. They looked legit. They looked like the real thing. And so our desire, we used to talk about this. We're going to grow up, we're going to get older, we're going to move down to California, we're going to go find Charles Schultz, and we're going to say, look, we can draw. And he's going to say, well, Nathan and Justin, I was hoping I could find someone to take my spot, and we would become the next Charles Schultz. That was our desire. That's what we thought would happen. That didn't work out. (laughs) Junior year of high school, my youth pastor approaches me, Nathan, I want you to come with me on a junior high middle school retreat. I want you to come and I want you to be the game director. I want you to lead games for these middle school students. I said, okay, I'll go. So I went. We went to the beach. We went out to Twin Rocks Friends Camp. Some of you might know that place out there. We went out there. All weekend, I'm hanging out with middle school students. I had a blast. I had so much fun. I came back home. And my memory, I still remember sitting, talking to my parents around couches. And I, as I remember, I wouldn't stop talking. And I said, you wouldn't believe how much fun this was. I was working with students with kids and they actually respected me and I enjoyed it. And they actually enjoyed me. And this actually worked. I couldn't believe it. And my parents said, you know, Nathan, there are people that have this as a profession. Really? What's it called? It's called being a youth pastor. I want to find out about that. I want to find out what that's like. And so I went to Multnomah Bible College, now university. I went there for a weekend away. And I came back. And again, I wouldn't stop talking I said, I had no idea there was a college out there like this. I want to go. 
And, and we prayed about it. And I went my senior year later again. I went back for another weekend to go find out more about Multnomah. And I was praying, God, if this is where I'm supposed to be, then you tell me. You let me know this is where I'm supposed to be. And God clearly made it known to me, Nathan, go. I want you to go. I want you to be there. And I went. And, and God rocked my world. And I think I will tell you more about that next week. I would not have done anything that I'm doing today if I wasn't ever first available for God to use. Are you available? Clarification. Please don't miss this clarification. God uses people in all sorts of settings to accomplish his purpose. Amen? You better believe it. He does. The vast majority of people are not called to full-time ministry. I don't know what the stats are. My thought is maybe 5% of believers are called to full-time ministry. I don't know. That's just a thought I have this last week. I haven't done any research on it. Let's just say it was 10%. 90% of believers, those who have faith in Christ, are not going to be serving in full-time Christian ministry. They're just not going to be. And you know what? They shouldn't be. God has not designed it that way. Why? Because God says, I need you over here. I need you in this occupation. God uses all of us together to build his church. God wants godly accountants, electricians, artists, bankers, custodial workers, construction workers, farmers, lawyers, school teachers, nurses, engineers. You get my point? God uses all of us to accomplish his purpose. And so if God has not called you to full-time ministry, that's us in this room. It is nothing that is secondary. There is no sense of this is a, a lesser call. It is not for a moment. So these three weeks here, I am not trying to convince you that God is calling you to go to Argentina to be a missionary. If God does that, and if God calls you by his spirit, praise God. Don't argue with that. But that's not my job. Praise God. It is not my job to twist your arm and say, hey, you're supposed to do this. I don't know how God has equipped you. I don't know how God has passioned you, but guess who knows? You. You know. Are you available for God to use how he wants to build his church? And his church goes way beyond these walls. His church circles this globe. It's all over. And every nation One day we are going to gather in heaven and there will be people from every tongue and every tribe and every nation who are going to declare the greatness of God. 
Part of the reason why that's going to happen is because people have been available and they have gone. Are you available? Are you available for God to use? Questions I want to leave you with this morning. Mark, I think I'm going to have to have you. My battery must have gone dead. It's not going. There we go. Oops. I want you really to wrestle with this question. Are you available for God to use? God has a purpose. God wants people to know the goodness of who he is. He's going to do that through us. If, if we are not available, then I think that we just simply miss out on what God wants to do. If I'm not available, God is not tied to whether or not Nathan is available. God will use someone else. But if I'm not available, then I miss God's purpose for me. And you miss God's purpose for you. And I'm telling you, to be a part of God's purpose in building his church, there is nothing greater. I don't think there is anything greater than doing that. I really don't. Are you available? I'm not asking if God is calling you to go somewhere. I'm not asking if God is calling you to go on a mission trip to Kenya. I'm not asking if you're supposed to go be teaching English as a second language in China. I'm not asking if you're supposed to go to Barcelona and work with university students. There are a plethora of opportunities out there. It is not mine to ask you necessarily if you're going to go do this. I'm asking you, are you available and are you willing to hear the Spirit of God? Because I'm telling you again, the Spirit of God will speak. He will speak. It is our, it is our duty to listen. Are you available? Are you also available to God to use right here? You are here. You have been placed right here. Are you available for God to use right here? 1125 Elm Street, Northwest. Are you available for God to use in your school, in your workplace, with your neighbors? Are you available for God to use in that way? Are you available for to go on a walk outside these walls and to see who God will bring across your path? Are you available for God to use in this area here, in the greater Salem area? Are you available for that? I trust you are. We will be available when we understand that I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. Therefore, I'm called to honor God with my body. I have been bought with a price. I do not belong to me. So I am not here to dictate. When I try to dictate for myself, it does not work out. When I listen to God and allow God to lead me, it works out. It does. It's why I'm here. Because I had to listen to the voice of God the Spirit, what he was saying. Am I available? Next slide, I want you to think about this question here. 
Have you come to grips with not being your own? Are you okay to not be your own? We can be honest. That's hard. We can be honest. There's a piece of us that really doesn't like that. But again, I want to challenge you with this. If, if we are resistant to handing lordship, if we are resistant to surrendering to the Lord, then we're serving something else. And all I can think of is a Dr. Phil quote. How's that working for you? It's probably not working that well. You know why? God made it that way. If I belong to him, I have been made for him. When I have given my life to him, I find the most pleasure by doing life as God intends, not as Nathan wants and as Nathan intends. Last slide. Can I encourage you to dream? The next couple weeks here, dream a little bit. Would you? Would you dream a little bit with me? Why? Because God has purposes and God has plans. <clears throat> when we were kids, we used to dream. We like to dream. That's the nature of kids. Then we get older and, and we start to know all the reasons why something doesn't work. We, we become realists, you know? Well, that's not going to work. Oh, we can't do that. Dream a little bit. Learn from children. I love how Jesus oftentimes would actually elevate children for such as the kingdom of God. They're, the kingdom of God belongs to these children here. Learn from children. Don't be afraid to dream. I want you to dream this way. God, if I were to do anything for you, what would it be? God, if you wanted to use me, what would that be? I'm willing to dream a bit. Would you dream? And would you just think, God, what would you have for me? And then be willing to share that with me. If, if God begins to, to, to give you some dreams, I would really like to see this happen. Talk to me. I can't promise that it's going to happen. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. Be willing to dream a bit. Am I available? Are you available? Are we together available? I trust that we will wrestle with this question and that we will be available for God to use as he purposes. Lord, I thank you so much. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you have given us your spirit to indwell us. He is here. But Lord, I also know that we can be very guilty of suppressing the voice of the Spirit, the conviction that the Spirit brings to us. Lord, may we um, listen as the Spirit guides us, as the Spirit directs us. Um, Lord, may we know your word well enough so when that which we believe is from the Spirit, we can test we are called to do that, test whether this is from the Spirit. But may we be knowing the voice of the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit. Lord, we are not our own. We have been bought with a price. May we honor you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.